Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. All right, friends, this is a special edition of the Equipped to Be podcast with your host, Connie Albers. Now listen, we are one week out from an election. So this is this really is a special edition of the podcast because I want to give you some tips how to navigate this next week as we lead up to the election and how that's going to impact your family. What kind of conversation should you be having with your kids, especially if you have teens or adult children? I know we have had lots of conversations with my five kids and their spouses. Three of them are married, as many of you know. We have taken our sample ballot and we've all done our research and we've come up with different points like on the amendments and soil and conservation and all these strange things that a lot of people don't think about, charters to an amendment, judges. And I thought it was fitting this week. It is, this is not going to be like finely tuned and just ready to go. It's not going to be that episode today. This is just going to be straight up. How are you going to manage this week? I'm not talking about your stress level. I'm just talking about how do you manage and how do you talk to your kids about what's about to come their way? Because I think we can all safely say 2020 has been a year for the record book. The election will be no different. This is a big one. This one is important. One of the things that I found was very important in my children's middle school and high school years especially was that they saw their dad and I participate in the election process, whether it was going to vote, whether that was holding signs. Yes, we did do that. We even worked for campaigns a couple times. I wanted them to understand that voting is their place, their opportunity as a citizen to voice who they want to represent them in the government. It was something we stressed. It was something we talked about often. And I didn't realize at the time, so here's my, I guess my insider tip to you, the things that you talk about now, imagine those conversations when they're in their 20s and 30s. I didn't realize how important these conversations were until now. I mean, here we are, all of my children are registered to vote and all of them vote. Yes, they even vote in the primary. They take it seriously. They know that while they're not working in public service, they're not in that field, they still have a say. They can still vote judges in or out. They can still decide who their tax collector is going to be, who their state representatives are going to be, who's going to manage their water district. I mean, it's there's a lot of things there. And we sometimes forget to share it with our kids. I know when I had my sample ballot, I had sent it to all the kids and one of my kids wrote me back and was like, why did you say yes to this amendment? Why did you say no to this other amendment? And I thought, that is great. And then we had this wonderful conversation about wording. Now, it's true because you guys know, I think if you know me well, if you're new to the podcast, there's probably a lot about me you don't know. 
But I used to be in politics. I was a political strategist, so I really do understand how this whole thing works. I understand the campaigning and the election cycle and the money and wording and how important every single word is and how important every single word that every single person on your campaign team, how that can get twisted, how it can be embellished a little bit, how it can be squashed. I've also watched how you can take a perfectly good candidate and I've watched how the opposing side can twist it. Now, you know, I'm not talking political party, so I'm not going to be referencing, you know, a specific party. I happen to work for a state senator who wanted to become a congressman. And so I got to learn a lot. It was more the inner workings of a campaign on a very high level. So I learned a lot. In working on that campaign, I learned some things that I did actually apply within my own family. Now, remember, I told you, we've already talked about the importance of voting and their civic responsibility and how we put people in a position of authority over us and they can be good or they can be bad. We have to do our research. And so going back to that amendment question, we had a great conversation. It's probably been, you know, we have, so we have five, so there's eight now, eight kids. And then my husband, I said, there's 10 of us. So we had a great conversation just about the wording that if you're not careful, the wording can be so crafty because these are written mostly by political science, lawyers. They know how to use words in a way that make you think one thing, but you haven't read the fine print. So if you've got some amendments to vote on, I'm going to encourage you contact people that you know, like, and trust. Maybe there's some organizations that you know give the information for your political leaning. And then get the accurate information. And I also am going to encourage you to find out what your opposing candidates are representing. What do they stand for? You may not realize it, but those local leaders, the city council, the city commissioner, your mayors, well, I think you've seen in 2020 how critical those roles are. No, you know, they don't get all the the pomp and circumstance. They don't get the secret service. They don't get the high pay. They don't get amazing medical insurance. Nope. But they do dictate what happens in your state or in your city or in your county when a crisis arises. So here I live in Central Florida, and we get a lot of hurricanes. So it's important to me who we're going to be voting for. Are they going to be familiar with emergency preparedness? We've seen right now with COVID, what happens in your state when there's a crisis arise? How will those leaders handle a crisis? I know what I want. I know what I want them to do. So I'm going to be looking for who's going to represent that the best. And here's some things that we specifically did, because a lot of you are asking me, Connie, how did you get your kids? Like, how are they even engaged? Because to be honest with you, a lot of their friends, they can't talk to them. We're in a climate right now. And next week, we'll talk about like day after the election. But we are in a climate. Our kids, I mean, we already know, you know, as adults, a lot of us don't say what we really think because of cancel culture, or because we're just, um, we don't want to lose our jobs. We don't want to cause conflict. Because after all, November 3rd is election day. And guess what? November 4th, everybody's going to go on about their lives. Everyone is going to go on about their lives. Some are going to lose money in stock markets. 
some are going to make some other decisions based on who wins this election. That's next week's conversation. This week's is, parents, I want you to listen to me. The conversations that you have, the way they hear you talk, will greatly impact your children, especially if they're middle school and high schoolers. And if you have college kids, you're going to have to have even a different way of approaching a conversation. So I'm going to give you some tips. Here's seven points that I want you to remember as you are completing this week. Sometimes there's going to be some heated moments, especially if you don't agree on a specific person or you don't like what you're seeing in advertisement for the opposing side that maybe you are on and maybe your child has a different opinion because there have been other people giving them information when they're not with you. Could be coming from school, it could be some of their friends, or maybe some of your own family members. My family was very different than I was growing up. And so when I started to become more vocal within my family about what I was leaning towards, oh, I used to get such grief. But this is what I want you to remember. You're not always going to agree, but you do need to talk about it. And sometimes it might get heated. They need to be able to process what you're saying. So you want to measure your words carefully. So don't expect everybody's going to sit down and be in full agreement. They might be. I'd say most of my kids are, but not all of them. Because they see through a lens of their own. And as they get older, they start to have thoughts. They start to have their own thoughts. And those thoughts help shape and form them as well. And they start to be engaging with their community more. And they're seeing different things that maybe you're not seeing. Even in the church, they're going to see different things that you're not seeing. I want you to be careful and avoid negative verbal exchanges. I know I can draw from the two uh, presidential debates. Two very, very different debates. One was you could just feel the irritation and aggravation. And as uh, several of our kids were here with us, because we do like to watch those together. And several of them are here. And, you know, there was just so much tension. And we would say things. And it's like, oh, my word. And then this, the other one, it was just very much more kind of calm. But we were able to have deeper conversations about what we just heard. And what the ideas and what the topics and how they were being explained were. So I want you to realize that as you're talking about this, I want you to realize arguing is not going to validate a point. It's not going to make you righter or your child wronger. How do you like those words? You've got to be careful of those negative verbal exchanges. I heard somebody say this the other day. You can say what you're saying two volumes louder, and I'm still not going to understand you or agree with you. So yelling, raising your voice, that's not going to get your point to where they go, oh, thank you for yelling at me. Now I understand. I will do, I'll do this. I'll go vote that way. Or I'll, I'll accept your opinion. It doesn't work that way. See, fighting, it only escalates the issue. It's important that you know what your discussion and what matters to each other. The next point, 
if the tempers start to flare, if you have adult children, or if you have um, maybe your parents think differently about something than you do, or your grandparents, or say aunts and uncles. I mean, we're kind of talking with everybody now. If the tempers start to flare, just press pause. Walk away and settle down and come back. See, what's going on in our country, in our political system, with the division and the divide, it does not have to seep its way into our families. It can if we're not careful. So you want to be mindful of that. The next one, just pause. When I say press pause and then settle down and come back, ask for clarification. When you see that there's a resistance, maybe your child doesn't agree with you. And they're telling you that. Or you can see that they're not saying anything, but you can tell by their body language, they just are not listening to you. Just pause and say, all right, tell me, I'm sensing this negativity. Maybe, maybe you don't agree with me. You want to tell me why? Or I feel like there's just this tension between us. What are you thinking? Am I coming off a little harsh? Am I not making myself clear? Could you tell me a little bit more about what you're thinking? Let's discuss this more. Did you notice I'm, I'm just kind of asking probing questions to get them to tell me more or to ask me to maybe explain my point a little better? By allowing them to share what they're thinking, you know what you do? You strengthen your relationship. Surprise. And you know what else? This is really what I want you to hear. When you do that, and then they're in their, you know, on their 18th birthday, some of you, this is, you, you have a child, this is going to be their first voting experience. They'll actually come to you or text you or call you and say, hey, who are you voting for and why? Can you share your list with me? That is the coolest thing. Because sometimes you wonder, will they grow up and then just turn against everything that we've taught them, reject our values, rebel against what we believe? That's always a concern every parent has. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way at all. You're going to remember you're not always going to agree. You're going to just kind of avoid those verbal negative exchanges, you know, the arguing back and forth. You're going to just stop if your tempers start to flare. You're going to press pause and you're just going to ask for clarification. And then you're going to remain calm. Just remain calm. Why? Because you've got to listen. If you want your kids to hear you, you're going to have to become a good listener yourself. Because the more you practice listening to them, the more they're going to practice listening to you. It's a beautiful thing. I know it's hard during the middle and high school years. I, I had a bunch. I, I totally get it. I think that's why I spend so much time just talking with you. I didn't know what was going to happen when we turned the tassel. I had the same fears. What if they reject? What if they're embarrassed by us? What if they don't actually like us or love us? What if they turn on everything we've ever taught them and just say, no, nah, that's just not me. I guess technically that would have been what my mom would have thought because I, from a political standpoint, I did a 180 from where my mom was. 
But amazingly, my mom never gave me a hard time. She'd ask me questions, and I'd be able to explain. And it took a lot of years of this back-and-forth conversation, but there was always mutual respect and never a put-down. Next, it's okay when you do press the pause button and you have asked them to clarify their position. It's good because what happens is you and your spouse, if you're married or some of your close friends, you can talk about what's going on and ask them for their advice. And they can talk to their friends too. And then you can come back. And then last, remember that they are just young adults and they're trying to process everything on their journey to becoming adults, grown-ups. They will react poorly at times. This week, you might have a lot of animosity going on in your home. They might get a little defensive. You might get defensive. You might get really mad at the television and start yelling at it. I don't know. I don't know what will happen. You might have to take a few breaks. You may have to rethink how you're going to explain or clarify your point or position. You actually, you may have to go do a little bit more research. Because the one child who asked me, not a child, obviously, uh, they're in their late 20s. But when I was asked, hey, why did you pick this particular judge? Why did you say yes to this judge? Why did you say no to this judge? Judges are really hard, by the way. They're hard to find out what their voting record is. So it does take a lot of digging and a lot of networking to kind of find out what judges you would prefer to be sitting on the bench. I had already done that research. I was prepared for the questions that might come for the people or the amendments that I selected or the judges that I was willing to say yes to this and no to that. Do your research. If you don't know what's on your ballot, like really don't know what's on your ballot, do your research. See, while these things, while they're getting upset, while they're talking about what's going on, while the tension is mounting, maybe within your own home, maybe within extended family, maybe within the schools, if your kids are in schools, you want your kids to learn that it's okay to express their feelings. It's a safe place with you for them to share what their best friends might be thinking or what you know their best friend's parents are saying or even what other influences they may have speaking into their lives. Could be their online friends if you allow them to have online friendships. But your goal is to help them express their thoughts in a grown-up way without feeling cut down or having to experience hurtful words. See, your goal is to build this relationship through this process. Your goal is to help them to realize that they can do all that they can do. They can campaign. They can uh, wave signs. They can be a poll worker. They can do all these amazing things. At the end of the day, they're going to cast their vote. And then the next day, your family will reassess and make decisions on what you'll need to do in the next four years. Or actually two, because, you know, we have presidential elections every two years, but of course we have House seats and other every two years, every four years for the, actually for the presidency and every two for the House. So this week might be a tough week. If you listen to the news and it's really starting to stress you out, turn it off. You can do a quick Google search and get the highlights. 
if you see rancor going on, if you see cutting, if you see some volatility on social media, turn them off. You can take a break. I'm going to be recording a podcast with a friend of mine who recently wrote a 40-day fast from social media. And that's going to be a fabulous, fabulous podcast. And I'll tell you more about it. It's going to come up in a few weeks. Her name is Wendy Speak. If you haven't heard of her before, I really encourage you to go check her out. But And then go back to my episode when I did with Heidi St. John on starving the fear. We're living in crazy times. I think we've said that, well, ever since I've had this podcast going, because it's true. We're going to starve that fear. We're going to hold the truth of what God's word says. We're going to believe it. When someone speaks, it may seem true until another comes to challenge it. I want you to remember that. And I want you to teach that to your children. I was talking to Jeannie about it last night. You know, a lot of people are claiming a lot of things, and they seem so right until another witness comes up to speak to it or questions it. Teach your children to question what they're hearing. Also, you be willing to give an account. You have done your research. Do it. And the reason you want to do that is because you want to be able to give an answer for why you're choosing what you're choosing to your children. Yes, maybe some of your social media friends will ask you. That's not the point of this. The point is that you are shaping and teaching your children. And then your children will grow through how you modeled this, how you handled it, all the negativity, how you handled all of what's going on. And guess what? You're going to be teaching them how to teach your grandkids. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You have the opportunity to have some very dynamic, amazing conversations at the kitchen table. Just remember the seven things that I shared with you. That you're not always going to agree. Your kids aren't always going to agree with you. You're going to avoid negative verbal exchanges. If the temper starts to flare, hey, just press pause. You can come back and talk when you are calm and everybody settle down. While you have pressed pause, ask for clarification. And then you clarify your point as well. Remain calm. Nobody's going to get anywhere yelling. Nobody's going to get anywhere mad. It's not going to accomplish anything. You remain calm. Your children remain calm. And it's okay when you do press that pause button to gather new information, to talk about it privately with a friend or your spouse, for your kids to talk with their sibling or with with someone else in the family. That's okay. And just remember, they're young adults. They're in the process of growing up. And you're helping them navigate this season of life. And it's a very tumultuous one. I appreciate y'all joining me for this podcast. It's going to be a great week. I can tell you right now, I'm pretty excited. I know a lot of people are fearful, but I'm actually pretty jazzed. And I would love to be out on the campaign trail a lot more than I am. But that's okay, because there's going to be another one in a few years. And I'll probably be out on that one. But stay tuned. Thanks for joining me for this podcast. Hey, please tell a friend, share it with a friend. I would love that. We have had an amazing response to the Equipped to Be podcast. I'm so grateful for you, the listeners, and you are the reason that I do this podcast because I want to equip you in all seasons of life. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. 
Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.